0: welcome you to episode 45 of Moving Matters. I am your host Colin Wynn. I hope Moving Matters will give you an insight into others working or have worked in this wonderful industry as I delve into their past, their present and their future. You will find a new episode of Moving Matters on the second and fourth Thursday of each month. In this episode, we discover that my guest began his full-time career within the industry only 10 years ago as an apprentice, but two years ago became a company owner, just in time for a pandemic to arrive. We discuss his challenges, what he would change from his moving past, his high points, what changes he would make to the industry, the advice he would give starting out again, his predictions for the next five years, and what he does outside of the workplace. And, as always, we end with a funny moving story. My guest this episode is Jordan Bignall, Managing Director of Britannia Quick Move. Enjoy. Good morning, Jordan. How are you this morning? I'm very well, thank you, Colin. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Welcome to Moving Matters. Thank you very much. Can you tell everybody about yourself and the length of time within the industry?
1: No problem. Yeah, so I'm I'm Jordan Bignall. I've worked in the industry for about 10 years now. I'm the owner and managing director of Britannia Quick Move and Phillips Removals in Chippenham. I started in the industry as an apprentice under the illustrious Mr. Peter Monk, who some people may know.
0: Oh, I know Peter, don't you?
1: Know him? <laughs> I think everyone, everyone knew Mr. Monk, didn't they? He was quite the character. <laughs> and he was a great mentor to me as well. He was fantastic when he wasn't on the golf course, obviously. (laughs) (laughs) When I started my apprenticeship with Britannia, I was basically asked to do every single job that you could possibly imagine comes with working in a removal business. And that basically started with making the teas and the coffees on the first day at 8.30 in the morning when I walked in and Mr. Monk looked at me and went, do you know how to use a kettle? I said, yes, yeah, of course I do, sir. He said, well, then you better go over there and use it then.
0: <laughs> fair play to him. Exactly.
1: But um, I spent a fair few weeks on the trucks um, learning their craft, the most backbreaking work I've ever had to undertake. And I wish it <laughs> upon nobody, not even my worst enemy. But from there, I then started surveying and surveyed for quite a few years. And try to develop that sort of side of, of my skill set.
0: Did you go on a surveying course at all? Or I did, did Peter teach you?
1: Uh, so I did both, really. I had in house training from Peter Monk and Peter King, who's still with us now, actually, Mr. King. And then I went on the BAR course, both of them, the introduction and then cool. the. the uh, so I've got a shiny certificate that says I can survey. <laughs> you ask my lads, well, they will probably tell you there's not a chance that I have any <laughs> clue what surveying is. But yeah, yeah, so I've done, I've done both courses. I also did the management course run by Mr. Bartup, which I found absolutely fascinating.
0: Was that the masterclass?
1: It was, yes, before the BAR ran it. I did
0: that in November last year. It was absolutely fascinating. It's brilliant.
1: It really is. And it gives you such a basis for um, developing your skills, which is something I'm very, very critical on.
0: It's not too good on your liver, though, especially with the youngsters, I found.
1: I'll be honest with you, uh, there's no event in removals that is good on your liver. Whenever I go to an (laughs) event for the removals industry, I find that both my wallet and my liver aren't very well the next day. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And yeah, so then I developed over those years. uh, Mr. Monk unfortunately sold the company about six years into my term there. And he sold it to a couple of guys around the corner who ran a separate self-store. They ran it for a few years, decided Removals wasn't their forte and decided, you know what, let's get rid of the Removals company and and keep the very nice self-store. And that's how I ended up at the start of COVID with a Removals company, a smile on my face and not a clue how to really run a company. And it's been a a whirlwind of a couple of years to say the least.
0: Okay, so I have to
1: ask, why would you want to buy
0: a removal company?
1: a million pound question really isn't it who on earth would want a removal company
0: i mean had you won the lottery
1: (laughs) i i wish i had no um so it was a sale which suited both myself and my wife at the time i was looking for the next step in my career basically where to go from knowing everything was the the line i like to use a lot where do i go from here i know everything there is to know about removal surely there's nothing i wouldn't know and it was one of those decisions that we sat down, we both looked at and I said, I think I want to do this. I think I want to run my own company and I want to develop my own idea of moving and my own concepts on, on the moving basis. And she said, you're crazy. Why would you do that? There's no money in removals. You know, all the same things that wives say to their husbands when they come up with a fantastic idea. <laughs> and yeah. And then she said, you know what? Why not? Let's give it a go. She moved from a packing manufacturer to come and run the operations for me whilst I did a lot of surveying and a lot of sort of background financial stuff. It was interesting to say the least. COVID, as you know, could have been a make or break for almost every company on earth. It was lucky that in removals, COVID was probably one of the best things to happen to our industry and has pushed it on many, many years in its development and in its ability to to charge customers a decent wage for a decent job. So, yeah, uh, I would never look back now. To be honest with you, I think that it seemed crazy at the time, but running my own removal company was what I always wanted to do. I wasn't born into it, unlike Mr. Russell, who, listening to his podcast, was born into moving, wasn't he? (laughs)
0: Well, he says not, but, yeah, in a funny sort of way, it was, yeah.
1: I worked, obviously, in the business now for 10 years, and I wouldn't look back. They say it's like, "Ma might either love it or hate it, and I absolutely love it.
0: There is no better industry.
1: There isn't. There, there's no one else that you can call at 12 o'clock at night and say, I'm really stuck tomorrow. Can you help? And your competitor will go, yeah, of course I can. No problem. I'll send someone over. Yeah. And that is the industry I want to work in, someone that can work with everybody for the bestment of everybody, really.
0: Did you just buy the removal side of the business or did it come with some storage as well? Because buying a removal company but no storage, that's incredibly brave.
1: It was brave.
0: Yes. So we wow. bought
1: the removal company without any of the existing storage on the basis that we would build our own storage clients. Which worked out really well, actually, because we did build our own storage clients. Good. Good. And yeah, it's a mutual business. The other company are still in our offices and we work alongside them. They still run self-store. They effectively own all of the containers and then we rent containers at a very preferable rate and fill them up. So yeah, it's worked really well. As time goes on, I'm sure that my view is to have my nice shiny warehouse with a lovely office full of storage myself, but that's a few years in the future. It's a different way of running a company. Uh, many people will say it's very brave and it's very different, but it seems to work at the moment. It really does. It's not too different, though, is it? It's because not the other company different. really has got all of their costs. If you're renting
0: out a, a container at £12 a week and you're paying them £8 a week, you're doing £4 a week for doing nothing. You've, you've got your rates to pay.
1: That's it. And it works well on that basis. And I think, you know, as time goes on, There'll be more companies that run that way because, like you say, uh, there are many people out there who don't want the hassle of having to fill the containers themselves or having to have all of the difficulty of finding someone to be in their building. It works really well if they own containers and can rent them out for a nice little profit that suits them and a nice little profit that suits another company. Um, That cohesion, as it goes forward, can only build profitable enterprise. Absolutely. So,
0: can you tell everyone about your company and the services it offers? Certainly.
1: So, Quick Move was set up by Peter Monk in, I believe, the early 1970s, and he joined Britannia in the early 1990s, which I believe there was a recession around then, and he thought I could do with a bit more work. Looked at the Britannia group, that I think had been running a fair few years by them, and he said, "I'll give that a go." They looked like they knew what they're doing. Like I said, he sold to a self-storage company in 2017, and they, um, they ran both sides of business before selling to me in 2020. Effectively, we're a move management company who are willing to take on any challenge. We are mainly domestic and overseas shipping on the basis that they are the two that pay the best for us. We used to do some European moving, but over time and um, with the restrictions put in place by leaving the EU, We took a step back from that. It is something we will probably go back into, but not until we're 100% sure that we've got the right fleet and we've got the right approach to it. I think that that's the key at the moment. And I know a lot of of companies have done the same. We also do undertake commercial moves. Um, It's something that we dip our toe into rather than being professionals at. We only really take smaller, easier, shall I say, Ones. We're, not set up, <laughs> we're not set up to be moving big tower blocks full of, um, full of desks. That's not our forte. I leave that to experts, but we, were, we you know more than happy to take on little local commercial moves in and around. We've got some contracts with some local schools as well. Some very prestigious schools in Wiltshire who we move a fair few things for over the years. And on the side of that, we also have Philips Removals, which is a little, um, a little removal company that was bought by the self-storage company. A few years into owning us, so Phillips have actually been around since I believe 1860 or something, 1870. Wow! So they've always been in the Chippenham area. They are—they've got massive yellow trucks. You cannot miss them. But they are a really local brand. They're sort of being amalgamated a little bit into our um, Britannia brand. They're still sort of branded up as the Philips Removals, but it, it's pretty much public knowledge that they are—they're um, a part of our Britannia group. But yeah, they are—they're—they're they're, they're my pride, really. I love that. I, I love their story, and I think a story is what sells any company on earth and sells anything really. You can sell to anybody with the right story, and Philip's story is wonderful. You know, for someone in the local Area to have been there since eighteen sixty, I, I think it's incredible at what they do. Do you promote that? We do. Yeah, it is something that I really like to put out there and make a yeah. big thing of. Because you don't have that sort of history without a good balance of helping the local public and being a good company. It is something I'm really proud of. And, you know, really what, what's happened is we've, we've sort of brought that on with our, with our Britannia company as well. But it's something that I love to tell people because it's something that most people wouldn't know about us.
0: And you're into shredding, I believe.
1: We do a bit of shredding, yeah. Um we're not as big as we used to be in shredding. Uh we used to have our own shredding machine, etc. We found it was a bit hit and miss. We've put a lot more emphasis into it now, which is good. But we're still trying to find our feet in it really. The the problem we have is we're up against the likes of Shreddit, who are based in the bigger cities. Um and yeah. us not being based in the bigger city always makes it slightly more difficult to sort of get down to their price and um compete with them. But yeah, it's something I want to push more and more. It's definitely a profit margin that I think can only grow. And I like that idea, obviously. I don't do this for vanity, much like many people think I do. I do, I am in this business for profit. Not that I ever see it, but...
0: (laughs) 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 So what challenges have you had to overcome?
1: The biggest challenge I've ever had to overcome in this industry, and this might be a bit controversial, is my youth. I learn a huge amount very quickly. I have always been very opinionated in what I have, and I've probably said more than I should say at the wrong time. But the problem I've always found being young and vocal is that people will soon tell you, you either don't know what you're talking about or your opinion is relevant as you have no experience at all. That's something that I have always found quite hard, and it's something that I think It isn't solely this industry, but it is something that our society likes to do. I think a young point of view is always needed. The times are always moving and there is always another point of view needed, I think. And I think sometimes that point of view is pushed aside because people think that unless you have 20 years experience, you have no idea what you're doing, which isn't necessarily true. I think with the right viewpoint and the right, ideas this industry can work in cohesion both the older generation and the younger generation to drive it forward massively following on from that another challenge i've uh, had to face a lot is the line that's how it's always been done um <laughs> <laughs> oh i get hit with that an awful lot oh, uh, if i told you that line was the bane of my life well, why are you doing it like that well that's the way it's always been done well why yeah. <laughs> That's not the way it's done now, you
0: know. Change, Jordan, change. 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 People don't like change. No,
1: I've I've noted that quite considerably over my time in this industry. But again, that's I'm sure that's not industry specific. I'm sure that everybody here's in every company around the earth, oh, that's how it's always been done. Is there a different way of doing it? Yeah, of course there is. Well, you have to challenge it, don't you? You have to challenge change. Without challenging it, it will never get better. But if I hear that line one more time, I think I might actually just have a breakdown because <laughs> it can't always be done the same way. There's always quite a different way to do something. And, and usually there is more than one way to do something. So I, uh, the, the line, that's how it's always been done, is rather aggravating to say the least. But yeah, I would say they're the two biggest challenges I've faced in this industry so far. Obviously on the counterpoint that I've only had 10 years in the industry. I'm sure there's many other challenges I will face. I would like to say COVID was a, a challenge, but I don't think there's any removal company that struggled through COVID. Obviously, bar the people off with COVID, etc. But the actual business running of it, there wasn't much marketing anyone needed to do because everybody was moving, whether they wanted to or not, which was fantastic for every removal company um, and every estate agent and every conveyance lister. But it, it wasn't necessarily a challenge, I wouldn't say. Managing the risk of people being ill was a challenge. But it wasn't a challenge that we faced on a regular basis. We didn't actually have many people who came down with COVID. Actually, more recently, we've had a couple come down, which has been strange because the government opened everything back up and suddenly it seems like it's um, it's become a bit more of an uh, ongoing issue. But that being said, that's just it is managing risk, which every business owner knows inside out. By now, I would have thought risk is the bane of everybody's life, but it is a necessary thing and you have to manage it whether you like it or not.
0: Oh, absolutely. But going back to your youth... Yes. You have 10 years experience. Exactly. But you started from the ground up. You started from making the tea to going on the vans. So
1: I have seen this... To doing the surveying. So I've seen to start... To running a company. So you to have, the finish. Yeah. I, if, there, if there was any more experience I needed in the industry, then I would love to see it. That's not being, me being arrogant. Um, there are things I'm sure I wouldn't have faced. But... I have tried almost every single part of this industry. I have run a business, like you said. I have been on the trucks. I still sometimes go on the trucks. Uh, I was actually delivering a job in uh, Brighton this weekend. You know, I have a class one license. I, I've, I've done a variety of different things in this industry. And yet sometimes it seems like the opinion of youngsters is almost pushed aside because it's not something that people see and agree with. I mean, one of the biggest challenges that that my wife has always found in this industry is actually that she finds it could be quite a misogynistic industry. Not necessarily from various parts or from anyone specifically, but she finds actually, a bit like my youth point, she finds that sometimes a woman's point of view may be batted down because this is a very male-driven industry, shall we say. And she's always saying to me, it's something that is always wound her up. She has many ideas herself and sometimes they are pushed by the way because she feels like they're not listened to on the basis of her femininity. And being a self-confessed feminist myself, it is something I have noted. I find that people are more likely to listen to people they know and what they are comfortable with. And I don't think we've been quite at that point in this industry yet where A lot of people are comfortable hearing from young people or people who are diverse. And diversity is going to be one of the biggest changes in our industry when it finally hits, I think, because we do all need to encourage more youngsters and more female-led employment in this industry. There isn't a job that a female can't do in this industry. Uh, Whereas in the past, I think there has been that view that women can't do removals because it's not a woman's job but in reality there are many women i know who could easily do a removal as well as me or as well as many other men that i know and could do it to a high level maybe even higher than some some other men because they have a level of care they have a level of attention that uh, some other men don't have shall we say and i think that is another issue in this industry It's is there is a lack of understanding from a sort of woman's basis I say that obviously as a white man in, which never goes down well, does it? But, <laughs> you know, identifying that and, and actually experiencing that are two different things. I can never say I've experienced that from the basis that I am a white man. But it is something that I have seen myself. I have seen that reluctance to listen to that idea because it's from a female-driven basis rather than, than a male-driven basis.
0: Well, let's hope that changes soon.
1: Well, there's some fantastic female leadership coming through. Certainly in the Britannia group and certainly from my time in the Young Movers, I've seen there's yeah. some, some very, very powerful female led leadership coming through. And I think that will only, only increase. And I hope it does because that is another viewpoint we all need, whether we like it or not. We all have wives at home who tell us how, how things should be. And whether we like it or not, they usually are right. <laughs>
0: And we do have female leaders in the industry. We do. I've had several on the podcast myself. We and, have. and they are very, very professional.
1: They're fantastic. They are very,
0: very professional. And
1: they've always got a different view. That's what I like. And I yeah. like hearing it. They've always got a different view on how things should be done or what should be done. Because they yeah. see it slightly differently. And they can see a clearer route, really, to some, some issues. And I think without listening to those people whether they're young whether they're female whether they're any other diversity i think that without listening to them we won't push forward this industry we will just keep the brakes on it and the longer we keep the brakes in this industry the more we fall behind other industries and that will only lengthen the issue and make it harder to try and change change is critical I think this industry needs a lot of change. And unless we start listening to those more diverse voices, it won't change.
0: Well, let's not go back to bloody horses and carriages, that's for sure.
1: It won't be far off, I think.
0: <laughs> so, if you could change anything from your moving past, what would it be?
1: I think I would spend more time on the vehicles. I think I spent, over my career, I spent a fair amount of time on them a fair few months but in reality i wish i had started removals earlier probably straight from school and actually tried the trucks for for a year or so and got a good feel for that i think that's probably the one bit of my knowledge that was really lacking is although i've had experience in it i haven't had deep experience in it i can do a removal i would never claim to be able to do a removal as well as all of my guys who do it day in day out because they have expertise that I don't think I can match. I would also like to make the jump to owner sooner. I felt like in some ways I was stagnating at the level I was at before I became an owner or a director. I feel like if I had driven forward with that want and need to progress, I probably could have taken on a business at the earlier age and probably could have done a lot of my learning that I've done now in the past couple of years sooner and developed further by now on top of that I wish I had started studying earlier as well I'm some people may know I'm currently studying for a master's degree in business and leadership which once I finish I hope I can uh, move on to sort of a doctorate level of learning I don't know whether there's ever been a, a doctor in this industry before but I don't want to push it too far too quickly but I think my main drive for that is to want to help other people now I think that something this industry needs more is good leadership there has been almost perfect leadership before me there will always be leadership after me but I think I can be one of those future sort of leaders that help this industry forward I hope I can be the next Rob Bartuff. I hope I can be the next David Trenchard. Those people that have changed this industry for the better and have driven it forward at almost light speeds rate. I hope I can be the next of those. Well, I hope I can be the the Jordan Bignall who moves this forward, but the, the next version of them, if you will, because I don't think we need the same people that they are to drive this business forward now. We need slightly different people um, with different skill sets. And that's who I hope to be. So the answer is, I wish I jumped quicker. I wish I had done the things I did or have done far quicker because I felt like I was ready at the time. Whether I was, we'll never know. But I felt like I was at the time. And I think that could have helped me be further on now than I am. There were some
0: big names you mentioned there, Jordan.
1: Well, that's where I want to be. There's no point in aiming for to just be a mover. If you're in this industry, you want to move this industry forward for the betterment of everybody. And those two people certainly have moved this business and industry forward. Without either of them, we would still probably be on horse and carts. They I have to agree. I have to agree. They are fantastic people. And certainly David has been a fantastic mentor to me over the years. He is pushed me forward for so many opportunities and I'm thankful for that that's not to say that there aren't many other people who have been brilliant mentors to me certainly a lot of the Britannia group have been standout uh, mentors to me through both the head office in Mark Tresler as well as all the lanes group Angus himself he's taught me many a things that I probably can't repeat on the uh, podcast actually
0: Hopefully they're good things and not bad things, because I know Angus
1: quite well. I know Um, Angus very well as well, and uh, (laughs) I can't repeat them on the podcast. (laughs) But yeah, and there are many fantastic people in Britannia who have taught me many things, and I'm sure they will teach me many more things as time goes on, because they are more than willing to pass the gauntlet and develop young talent. It's something I've learned quite recently.
0: Well, I am hoping to get Mr. Tresler as a guest very soon. So we shall see what he has to say about the industry. So what is your high point of being within the industry?
1: So one of my greatest achievements, and something I'm very proud of, is we are undertaking a move for a very prestigious school in Wiltshire, who was once home to a princess. I probably can't name drop them, actually. I don't know whether I can. But we were moving one of their science and technology box, which was quite a big job for us. Um, Like I said, we usually only dabble in sort of commercial moving. And this was a massive job for us in terms of our ability to do it. I brought in a gentleman by the name of Robin Payne, um, who some people may know. He was a fantastic move manager and helped the whole process. We ended up doing that job fantastically. From what I gather, we're likely to be called back to help move things around again. But on the back of that, we ended up with eight jobs and just from their recommendation. And that is one of my proudest moments. When you can do a job so well that someone who is as prestigious as as that school can turn around and go, well done. You've done a good enough job that we're more than happy to recommend you to other people. That to me is where I want my business to be every day. I want to hear someone say, well, your business well run, your business and your workforce are unparalleled in their ability to do the job because that shows good leadership. If I can be as good a leader that I can lead something like that, then why not the industry? Why not lead to a brighter future for everybody, which is where I want to be.
0: Now, my next question,
1: I think we're going to spend a bit of time on.
0: So what one thing, but you can have several if you want, (laughs) would you change within the moving industry?
1: Well, funnily enough, I've written down here, if I could limit to one thing, I'd be doing this industry a disservice. As an industry, we're recognised as a trade and we get the respect we deserve as a hard-working service industry. I think if we cannot be recognised as a trade, then we can't charge more, we can't push our pricing, and we certainly can't develop further. How we go about that is largely down to the many removal companies around the country. I think people like the BAR and other membership services, I think, are a fantastic way to start lobbying towards being recognized, certainly by the government as a trade, which I think is key to the future of this industry. If we can be recognized as a trade, who's to say we can't charge the same as a plumber? or the same as an electrician. I've had both come around my house recently and both did a fantastic job, but both were able to charge significant amount of money for their time. The question is, did they work harder than any of our guys? No. Are they still really good at the job? Yes. But we should be being able to charge the amounts that those people are able to charge. We should be proud of what we're able to do and what we're able to accomplish. Because without us houses don't get moved and there are many people who would happily move themselves once or twice but they won't move themselves the third time or the fourth time because they suddenly see how much stuff they have and how hard it really is to move a house and the most regular line I hear is I'm so glad you were able to move us because I couldn't face moving ourselves one more time I think that is a long-term goal I don't think that we will be recognized in the next five years And that's not down to anyone's uh, lack of hard work or lack of effort in trying to push that. I think that people aren't quite ready or the public aren't quite ready to accept that we are a trade. We have our own trade representatives in the BAR and uh, and other membership groups. And we are very well trained in what we do. Now, training also comes into that. I think something else that I see quite often is, oh, we train all of our staff in-house well, that's all well and good, but all you're doing is teaching them the same problems that some of your other staff have. Now, people like Angus Russell, people like that have mentioned before the, the need for training and, and the need to train people. If you can't train people properly, then standards start slipping. Well, that affects being recognized as a trade because if standards start slipping and people don't see a removal company as a legitimate trade, then what happens is we get the same problems we've always had, which is we can't charge enough and we can't pay enough, which means you can't recruit more people and you certainly can't develop this industry any further or your business any further. You hit that roadblock. Something else that needs to happen on that sort of side of the, the industry is there needs to be some form of legislation that um, needs to be tabled to allow for regulation of first small vehicles. Almost every company started there. But I think a sort of, shall we call it an O license mini, a small O license would allow everybody who runs those sorts of vehicles a qualification that proves that they are able to run a reputable company and also stops things like overloading and running vehicles that can't be run. How often is it that you see a van pulled over the side of the M4 or the M5 or the M25? You don't. It's always a truck and it's always on a way bridge. Why is that? Is it that there aren't far enough reaching powers? Is it the the police or VOSA or anyone doesn't feel like they can pull vans over? I don't know. But there needs to be more far-reaching legislation and regulation in that section of our industry. Without that, we're going to just be the same companies coming up against the same other companies who are able to run in a way that isn't sustainable for anybody because at some point, that luck will run out and at some point the government will become clear on you can't do this. And by that point, I don't want it to be too late. I don't want it to have gone too far that the bigger companies and the companies who are doing the job properly, even the the smaller companies who do run vans and run it run them properly that aren't overloaded, you will start to lose them at a quicker and quicker rate if we can't compete with people who are happy to overload their vans and drive up to Scotland in them. And the more of the those sorts of companies that go out of business, I think the harder it will ever be to pull this industry back out from that. So I think that legislation, certainly that needs to be something that is at the top of almost every agenda for every drive towards trying to get legislation for this industry. And I, from what I gather, I think the BA are working hard on that and to try and push that. But, yeah. Could we push harder? Could we as an industry push harder? Is there things that we can do more? I think there is. My personal opinion is every company should be lobbying their MP. Every company should be pushing towards that change because it suits all of us and it makes for a safer road and a safer industry. And lastly, something I mentioned before, but I think there needs to be a push towards more young people taking on key roles in the industry. So Britannia, for example, has just set up and arranged with the help of myself and a senior leadership team what we call the Future Leaders Group. I've worked quite closely with Charlotte Parslow, who used to run the Movement Story Show and used to run quite a few different things for for our industry. But has actually come over to the Britannia Group since then to uh, run our marketing and uh, a lot of our development. Part of the group is is a load of like minded individuals in the industry at the moment or in the Britannia family, should we say, who get together and we discuss how to further the group and what ideas and ideals we can bring to developing ourselves and the industry. It's a fantastic group and one that I know Britannia and I are very proud of. We're developing sort of mentoring options and ways to develop younger talent into future industry leaders. So our whole drive for it is to get people who need that sort of push at the start of their careers to develop skills quicker. So they can take on higher leadership in their companies and in the industry itself. I think one of the biggest moving things in our industry in the next 10 years will be the need for younger staff, whether that's to drive your trucks or to run your surveys. I think that our industry is only getting older. And I think without a big push in recruiting younger people, how you do that, I don't know some young people aren't as aren't as hard working as the sort of older generation that we're starting to lose now everybody has that guy on their firm who is 55 drives the trucks has always done removals and is a fantastic part of the company but in 10 years time is he still going to be moving i wouldn't say so who's still moving at 65 who's still moving at 70 they're not they can't keep up with the speed and the problem is if you don't pull in the younger generation now they won't learn all of the things they could have learned from the experience that those older generation have had. That being said I am a huge advocate for young people and development skills but there is a saying I like to throw around and many people have heard me say it now. It's, a, it's by Sir Isaac Newton himself um, he says if I've seen Further is by standing on the shoulders of giants. Now, as I alluded to earlier, I learnt a huge amount from those people before me, whether that's Robert Bartart, David Trenchard, those sorts of people, they mentored me and pushed me forward. Well, I think that although younger people need to take on higher leadership roles, I think they still need to learn from those people that came before them, because those people are giants in our industry. And there were people before them who were giants before them and developed incredible ways of developing our industry i think that we can't really forget those people who have come before us and what they've done for the industry and there are many characters um many i haven't mentioned (laughs) many i have drunk pints with who (laughs) who have been brilliant leaders in this industry but it is time to start passing that gauntlet on to the next there is a need to innovate in our industry and develop beyond the boundaries that were presented to the previous generation of removals experts. There were many roadblocks put in their way, which are starting to be pushed by the wayside by technology and the ability to innovate companies. We recently, I say recently, in the last six months, we've become a paperless office, which is one step towards a sustainable running of a business which i think is another thing that will become a big pressure point in our industry sustainability will be becoming something that the government will push i will certainly say in the next sort of 10 years um, they want every company to become sustainable and that will be things like being able to prove where your materials come from how those materials are made what you're doing to sort of help the environment I don't think in the next 10 years we will have a reliable electric truck. I think they're working on it, and I think it will become something, but the reliability will be key. I don't think they will currently have the range that other trucks have. Now, that will soon come to a head, because until we have a reliable truck, there's nobody that's going to make the jump. I would like to be one of the first to get an electric truck that we could use for this job. But I am reluctant to do that until I know that the truck is worthwhile. What's the point of buying an electric truck if it doesn't have a four or 500 mile radius? Because ultimately, you don't want to be stopping to charge your battery four and a half hours up the road for another three hours. It limits the ability to do the job well. You know, if we're going to Scotland, what's the point of stopping for three hours? You're never going to get to Scotland within two days. Until you can push the range of electric vehicles up that far, I don't think that we can take the jump into electric trucks. Driverless trucks will be another big question within the industry, I think. The issue I will always have with driverless trucks, it's great to get the truck to the house, still need someone to load and unload it. Unfortunately, it doesn't load and unload itself.
0: A customer can do that. (laughs) (laughs)
1: so yeah madam i can give you a truck it'll be 200 pounds but you've got to unload and load it yourself (laughs) but it's true that will ultimately affect our industry i don't think it will affect it probably for 20 to 25 years i think the main people that will look at driverless trucks first are always going to be the innovators of any industry people like amazon people who do a huge amount of haulage all over the country even royal mail i would say are going to be big into that sort of thing which if you look at it could be a positive thing for us all because at some point they will be um, relinquishing their vehicles which I hope means that we that there are more vehicles on on the road that we can um, utilise in a better way but I think driverless trucks and electric trucks will be the future when that happens I think it's still hard to tell certainly not for 10 to 15 years for both of them
0: lots of comments there Jordan
1: yeah yeah, I've got lots of opinions. Um, that many people, <laughs> <laughs> that many people may seem to think are maybe too radical at the moment. But I think over time we'll come to see the logic behind them. I think sometimes things need to be said that aren't said all the time, and there are a variety of things that sometimes need to be said that aren't comfortable for people. Certainly, the diversity issue earlier that needs to change. Without yeah. without that changing it won't push forward our industry unfortunately
0: but your changes that you mentioned are changes that have been covered by other guests as well so they're clearly changes that need to take place
1: yeah yeah i completely agree it's how the bloody hell do we do it how we do it is a variety of different things and it starts with good leadership something i'm very very critical of at all times and something i'm studying as a master so um I hope to to be the, the future of the leadership for the industry. But we need people, like I said before, for the legislation changes. Every single removal company owner needs to be getting a letter written or an email written to their MP and making a big point of it. We are a huge industry when you think of the power we wield. And yet it seems like we are the small fish who are just batted to the side in the big pond. And it shouldn't be that way. Definitely. We can't just expect the head of the BAR or the head of any of the other moving groups to have to, to petition on our behalf. We should all be taking that time to do it ourselves because what can an MP do but listen to the 350 letters he'll get from every single moving company in their area?
0: Well, yeah, I guess, I guess with the B.A.R. doing it, it's one voice, isn't it? It's one voice for their members, but really you need all of the members because if you can have that one voice in the B.A.R. and then get 300 odd letters as well, Certainly. that's a lot of people. That's a lot of people. And so if, come on, everybody, write to exactly, your MPs. Exactly, everyone write to your MPs. Get on this bandwagon.
1: And it's something, you know, it's something I've learned in my time on Earth is if you're annoying enough, um, <laughs> someone will do something in the end just to shut you up. If you keep writing that letter and you keep writing that letter, in the end, they will go, do you know what? I'll just mention it in Parliament because it'd be far easier than listening to one more letter from Mr. Bignall at bloody Britannia quick move. He won't stop (laughs) (laughs) sending me emails and letters. And that's how you elicit change is through discussions like this with you, Colin, and through being the most annoying person that just doesn't stop mentioning these things because... At the end of the day, if you stop mentioning them, they'll never happen. If you keep mentioning them, finally, someone will try and find it works really well.
0: So I just want to come back to one thing. Go ahead. Youth. Youth. How do we get the youth into this industry? Now, I know you're part of this youth leadership in Britannia, as you mentioned. I know as well that you're part of the Young Movers group of the BAR. I am. How do we get the youth into this industry?
1: So a variety of different ways. I think being recognized as a trade will be the big difference. If we can be recognized as a trade, then I think you can recruit more people into that idea. The the other thing that I think is always critical is how many removal companies do you know that have gone to things like recruitment fairs, gone to schools when they're having careers days, things like that. Everyone just thinks removals is this boring thing that nobody ever wants to try and I think a lot of people think we just end up with the the people inside you have nothing else to do, which is completely... Well, it's because like, you
0: don't need a, You don't need to pass any HND. You don't need a degree. That's it. You don't need anything like that. It's it's literally it's always been looked at as it's the arse end of the industry. So. It is. It is looked but at. Like the guys that. are so skilled. They
1: are fantastic guys, and I would challenge anybody on earth to do what they do. Go from your office and go and try doing a removal for a day and tell me that they don't work harder than ninety percent of the population. No, I'm not doing that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not doing a removal, Jordan, no matter what you say. I would love to <laughs> know, see I'd love saying. to see someone like a stockbroker or a top banker do a removal for a day. Yeah, you know, maybe maybe I'll oh. petition to Channel Four for a new reality show where they get Oh, absolutely. It'd be great, wouldn't it? It'd be absolutely
0: brilliant to see I'm them
1: suffer. Oh, wouldn't it?
0: But Imagine turning up to the work in their Bentley to get on a truck and have to do a a three-bedroom full house pack. Oh, please, 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 Channel 4, put it on. Channel
1: 4, put it on, exactly. But I think a lot of it needs to be that we as an industry need to go to these schools, we need to go to these people, we need to say, this is something you want to try. You might not like it, you might hate it, but there's always ways to progress. There's always groups you can join who will help you Develop in this industry. There's training recognised by a variety of different people. I mean, I think the surveying course, for example, is that not a course that is recognised? I believe it's the AQA, but it might be somebody else by now. But it's got an examining board. Now that's a that's a legitimate qualification, and yet we say that you don't have to have an HND, you don't have to have any form of training, but we are saying that we've got a qualified training regime and an ability to get qualifications that actually you can't get outside of our industry. So we are recognized in some ways as having an industry that does a job and is a trade, but we haven't pushed it far enough. And I think the more you push that and the more youngsters you can get coming on and the more they can learn, the more we can push this forward and go, do you know what? We are a trade and we won't shut up and we will keep pushing this until we're recognized that way. Now, going back to your question, The only way you're going to bring the youngsters on is by giving them opportunities. If you can give someone a career path, if you can say, look, you're probably going to be on the trucks for a few years. You learn your trade there. Okay, there's probably going to be an option to come up into sort of a surveyors level or, or an admin side of it or operations or transport manager. There's so many different jobs that you can do.
0: And I think that's where we're missing out because we're not making the youth aware of that. Yes, you may have a a hard two or three years on the trucks, but as I've said before on the podcast, and as you've just said, you could end up being warehouse manager, surveyor, office manager. There's so many different areas that you could go into, but I don't think the public realise that.
1: They don't. And it's something, going back to something I, I mentioned earlier, I like to sell a story. When I was a surveyor, I told a story. That's largely how I convinced people to move with us. From such a young age, we're all told stories. We all read stories. We all believe in fairy tales and fantastic things. Now, you need to tell these young people a story. You need to say, I started on the trucks. When I started this company, I started on the trucks. That's where I was. And every single day I worked hard. And every single day I put more and more effort in. and finally." I run my own company. I have my own, you know, I've got a qualification in leadership management. I'm pushing towards a master's in leadership and management. And you've got to tell that story. Anybody can do it. I'm not special by any stretch of the imagination. I'm your average man with your average family and your average house. But anybody can do what I did. Anybody can work hard. Anybody can run their own company with the right backing. And that is where it comes. We are a brotherhood as movers. You will never see somebody let another mover down if they can help. Because we are a brotherhood. We work with every other company around us who we regularly quote against, may I say. But we will always happily work with them. Because in your hour of need, you know that you can call them. And they will do absolutely everything they can to help you. What other industry has that? Do you, think, exactly. do you think Barclays call Lloyds and say, look, you know, a bit short on our, um, in our Bath branch, do you mind if you just send a, a couple of people down? Because you can imagine the answer. They'd probably be asking, first of all, does Bath have a branch? <laughs> you meant that they're closing. This industry is one of the greatest industries if you look at it in the right way and you have to sell that to people. If you can sell that to both your clients and those people that you want to employ and the people you want to employ, not that you feel like you have to employ, the ones that you want to employ, there's everybody will always interview that one person. They go, I want this person to work for me. And you do your absolute utmost to make sure that that person works for you. And it always works out. They're always one of the best people in your firm. Now, if you can do that and tell your story and, and make sure that, you can get more of those people to approach you for to be an employee. Then this industry will only get better.
0: So, what advice would you give yourself just starting out within the industry?
1: Ah, uh, the biggest biggest advice I would give myself when I was starting out in the industry, I would say, do not let the boundaries which are put on you and those before you stop you from pushing to achieve more. I think in order to develop this industry, we must develop ourselves and our knowledge. I think knowledge is the key to trying and to take any challenge. And I hope one day I can help others get the knowledge and opportunities I've had and allow those people to help shape an industry that we, let us all be honest, have come to love. Because we oh, do love it.
0: Oh, absolutely. Whether
1: we all pretend to or not, we do love this industry. We do. I joked about it before, but you don't get in this industry to be a millionaire. Everyone wants to be a millionaire. Don't get me wrong. Classic Dell boy. I think I'm going to be a millionaire next year. But this industry is largely about the industry itself. I think there are ways to make money and there's a way to make a very good living in this industry. You'll never be an Elon Musk. You'll never be a Bill Gates. But you will work in an industry where you will make fantastic friends and fantastic people who would push you to be better for yourself. Now, That's the lesson I would teach myself when I first started. Don't let any boundary get in your way. There is always something else you can do and there's always something else you can learn. I will never say that I've learned everything because I haven't. I would joke about it a lot and say that I am the expert on absolutely everything, but I will never, never know everything and I will always want to listen. Whether that's my brand new starter who has done two days removals and says, oh, have you thought about doing this before? Or whether it's, you know, an industry leader who has come many before me and said, Oh, you want to give this a go? I will always listen. I won't always take that advice on, or I won't always go ahead with that idea, but I always listen because I think listening is the key skill that we all need to do more. If you can listen, you can improve. And if you can improve, you can help everybody.
0: So, where do you see yourself and the industry in the next five years?
1: Personally, I hope within the five years we would have grown the business and taken on a new site, which can also help with the development of our business and where we hope to be um, in the future. We've got a variety of different strategic plans and growth plans in place, which we all hope will come to fruition. And this this coupled with investing in new technologies, possibly newer vehicles, which will hopefully help the business and the employees further. The ability to do the job, basically. I'm not saying that I want to be on top of the industry. I'm not saying I'm coming for Mark Chudley's job. But I would like to be a DED within um, the next five years. I would hopefully in future like to sit on that presidency and put my point across. You just want that chain, don't you? I do, yeah. You just want that chain. That bit of bling. That (laughs) bling is, you know, he blows it around and you just think, do you know what? That looks so good around my neck. (laughs) 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 Now, obviously, there's a lot of work that goes into that. And something as well that I've always thought is um, the BAR, certainly. I think we need to focus on recruiting more companies, certainly more smaller companies into our family. I think that If we can do that, then we can grow the BAR and we can become a stronger and stronger voice. Now, part of that, I think, is giving those smaller companies an option to sit on somewhere like becoming DEDs or sitting on the board of BAR and making a point of giving them their voice um, when sometimes they feel they may not have a voice. I think in the past, the BAR has been quite led towards sort of larger companies and and put smaller companies off because there is obviously a cost to being in the BAR, but it is a fantastic resource which I couldn't do without in theory. I mean, what they've taught me alone has been incredible and the, the training that I've received and the knowledge I've received. I mean, even through COVID, they were the first to send an email, the first to tell everybody about what was going on now, that's unrivaled. That sort of knowledge is something that you couldn't get without reading absolutely every article on COVID possible. I mean, Mr. Johnson never made it easy when he made new rules. He sort of just fumbled around what you were supposed to do and what you weren't supposed to do. You are to go out, but you're also not to go out, for the record, um, <laughs>
0: You can have cheese and wine there. that's
1: fine. Oh, that's fine. Yeah, you can have as much cheese and wine as you want as long as it's at 10 Downing Street and all your friends are there.
0: Can't park many trucks outside that house though,
1: can you? No, no, you can't. So we can't all get there. (laughs) But yeah, I think if we are able to grow, you know, as an advocate for the BAI, if we're able to grow and recruit more smaller companies and give them a voice in this industry by sitting on the board or becoming DEDs or... Even splitting the chairman so that you have a larger company and a smaller company, it could only breed positive things for us all because we were all smaller companies once and we all had roadblocks put in our way that meant we struggled more to grow. Now, lots of smaller companies will want to grow but won't have the right things in place in order to to help them do that. I think the BAR is something that can help almost any company grow.
0: Almost definitely. So what do you do outside of the industry to switch off then, Jordan?
1: I mean, I work 24-7 these days, and And, as you know... doing a PhD. Yeah, there's there's no such thing as outside the removals industry, let's be honest.
0: You must (laughs) be the only person I know that can get more than 24 hours out of a day, then. Oh, yeah, I can. Yeah.
1: I can squeeze (laughs) that few extra hours in. A bit like I could squeeze that extra job in when when my office manager goes, I don't think we could do this, and I go, oh, we probably can, though. Have you thought of... (laughs) No, I joke. I've just had another baby, so my life is completely determined by what he wants to do. If he wants to sleep, we (laughs) sleep. If he wants to feed, then we feed. And if he wants to go on a walk, then guess what we do? (laughs) (laughs) This in itself has presented a few more challenges I thought I'd be ready for, but let's be honest, nobody's ever ready for children, no matter how much we all pretend we are. The funny thing is, I've already got an 11-year-old. And so I thought, you know, child, easy. Could do that again. Always always different with the second one. But I've got a wonderful support of family. Obviously, my wife at the moment is away from the business, looking after said child. But a lot of my time outside the industry is spent either studying or, or with the family, uh, my two boys and my wife. I think my wife wishes that I didn't have to spend so much time at work but it's like Marmite, you just got to love it, haven't you? And she understands. She <laughs> understand. I'm sure she does. I'm sure she doesn't blame me for buying a removal company and spending my whole life there.
0: Well, she'll forgive you soon.
1: No, yeah, I'm sure she will. I'm sure I'll be allowed to sleep in the bedroom again one day. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: and finally,
0: I'd like to end my podcasts with a funny moving story. Do you have one or more to tell?
1: I do have one. Now, it isn't my own story, but it is one of my guys' story. And it's, it's one that I chuckle. I get a good chuckle out of. So they've gone to move Mrs. Smith. Um, I'm going to call her Mrs. Smith because obviously I can't call her by her actual name. She might actually listen to this podcast one day. They've gone to move Mrs. Smith. They've turned up at the house. They've put the ramps down. They've got everything ready. And the foreman's gone and knocked on the door. He's heard nothing. He's gone, oh, a bit strange. Knocked on the door again. I thought, it's a bit strange. So he's rung the bell, waited about five minutes. The door swings open and there stands a very naked, very <laughs> confused woman who then looks at him, says the hallowed words, oh, sorry, I thought you were my friend. <laughs> now, if I told you my um, my foreman was up that ramp in the back of the truck within five seconds, you wouldn't believe it. Honestly. <laughs> he rings the boss. He says, uh, what, what, what do I do? And he says, um, well, you, you move the house, mate. <laughs> That's the job. <laughs> anyway, the, the lovely lady goes off, puts on um, puts some clothes. And uh, from what I gather, the move went smoothly from there. But it's something that I always get a chuckle out of. And always brightens up the worst days. <laughs> you just think, can you imagine that? The old knock on the door. Sorry, I thought we were my friend.
0: <laughs> but you've got a removal company turning up, for goodness sake. Honestly. I'm surprised the driver didn't want to become a friend.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I did think that. I thought... Ah,
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Jordan, thank you very much for giving out your time this morning to record an episode of Moving Matters with me. I truly appreciate That's it. That's
1: fine. Thank you very much for your time, Colin, and it was been wonderful being on your podcast with you. Absolute
0: pleasure. Thank you. And hopefully, much. we do
1: this in five years' time, and everything I've said comes true. And I'm hallowed as the future leader of every removal industry going forward. Definitely, <laughs> Mr. President.
0: <laughs> I sincerely hope you enjoyed episode 45 of Rooming Matters. Please rate, review and subscribe in your favourite podcast player of choice. And please tell your industry colleagues about Moving Matters. My thanks and appreciation go to Jordan Bignall of Britannia Quick Move for giving up his time to record this episode. Thank you again, Jordan. If you would like to know more about Britannia Quick Move and the services they provide, then you will find links within the show notes for this episode and on our webpage, movingmatterspodcast.co.uk. If you are a young mover, then why not get involved like Jordan has with the BAR Young Movers Group? You can find more information on the BAR's website, www.bar.co.uk forward slash bar young movers. And please, if you have a funny moving story that can be relayed to our listeners or you would like to be a guest on the podcast, then do reach out to me by completing the contact form on our webpage, movingmatterspodcast.co.uk. Well, that is all from me. So when you're not writing to your local MP, keep moving.